boy. Driving over Tina Hot Springs Road. This is the uh, road to our house and it's super bumpy, so world's worst video. But I'm actually doing this to as a way to record audio and I don't even know how this is gonna sound, so I guess we'll see. So uh, this is gonna be audio for the podcast and you'll notice that the quality of the audio might not be as good as when I record it on my fancy equipment because I'm just using my phone to to record. But um, yeah, it's been a while since I've released an episode and there's a the reason for that is that um, so as I was doing all these episodes and if this is the first episode you're listening to then this will be very confusing I guess, but I've been on the Iditarod. I ran the Iditarod last year. Um, man, I should just start this whole thing over again. Okay. Here we are. It's me, Will. Uh, I'm recording as I'm driving down the road, heading home. Um, it's the beginning of mushing season. It's fall. It's snowed for the first time today. We're not quite ready for snow yet, but luckily it should melt off and We'll have a few more warm days before it really turns into what for us is the beginning of winter, ultimately. Um, yeah, I haven't recorded uh, an episode of this podcast that you're listening to in a little while. But um, if for some reason this is the first episode of this podcast you're listening to, uh, let me fill you in. Um, as I said, my name is Will. I ran the Iditarod last March, and um, it's hard to believe that that was months ago. In fact, um, the last time I looked, it's about 190 days as of this recording since I ran Iditarod, since I finished, and it's only like 160 days till I start Iditarod this coming year, which is totally bizarre and hard to fathom. But... Um, I, uh, I've been putting out these recordings that I made along the Iditarod Trail. As I, as I traveled with my dog team along the Iditarod Trail, I made recordings uh, almost every single run. So, a run is... Um, I am definitely going to edit this part out. I don't need to explain that. Um, this will all probably make a lot more sense if you go back to the beginning and, and listen from there, but suffice to say, I, uh, I put out podcasts of the recordings up to about my 24-hour layover, so in a lot of ways, that's kind of the midway point of the race, at least it was for me in the narrative of my race. Um, and up to that point, I had been really through a mental journey that was peaking in this amazing way. I went into the race with a lot of doubt about myself and a lot of, um, I, I was not, or, I didn't feel organized, I didn't feel prepared, I felt really scattered, and I also kind of felt, um, I kind of felt like I was kicking and screaming going into this race that I was dragging myself into it because it was something that I promised myself I would do. And I feel like this a lot of the time because um, mushing 
is something I love deeply, and it also scares the shit out of me. And um, not because of the dangers of the trail, although those are real and they can be really scary, but more because of my fear of failing. And the, the older I get, the more I fear failing. Um, and it's funny because I've failed and I've succeeded, um, probably both in equal measure in, in Masheng. Um, but I'd say the number one way of failing, or the number one way I see failing in Mushing, is letting my dogs down. Um, and the number one way I feel like I've done that, when I have, is that I have um, kind of, I haven't done enough to live up to what they need, to what they're capable of. Their athletic ability is so far beyond mine. I'm never gonna match their athletic ability, but I also want to be in better shape myself so that I can at least like get closer. And I want to be more organized so that when I complete my duty of um, taking care of the dogs at the checkpoints, I am efficient and that they get the maximum sleep and everything is the best for them. Um, and I'm constantly afraid that I'm not going to do well at that. And because I'm so afraid, I tend, that's what tends to make me not do well. It's a little bit of a vicious cycle. Um, so during Iditarod, I started with that mentality. And as we got going, that kind of fell away from me. And all of a sudden I was exactly where I wanted to be and I was seeing the most beautiful country in the world. I was seeing stuff that only maybe dozens of people who are living now have seen and I was just being blessed with this amazing adventure that I've been working for and towards my whole life. And um, so I was really just, I mean, it was amazing. I was just feeling all of this um, and so then I, um, as I was listening back to these recordings, which I didn't listen to right away after I did a rod. In fact, I didn't listen to any of the recordings until I would, I would listen to each one right before I put out the episode. So in a way I was kind of going along the journey, um, with you all who were listening until, um, a little bit, a few weeks ago. I uh, was was getting towards the end of the summer, and I knew that um, I knew that the season, the next season, was already coming up, and I wanted to feel that sense of being inspired again. And um, I'm so grateful I made these recordings because I don't remember already a lot of I did arrive. You know, it's, so much of it was a blur. But I made these recordings and captured these moments in time, and I'm so, so glad that I did because it brought a lot back. But so far where you have listened to and where I had listened to, we were in this like really awesome kind of period of wonder in the race. And what I had completely forgotten is that the whole rest of the race was not like that. In fact, the next part of the race got pretty hard for me. And um, again, not necessarily physically, although there were some components um, in some recordings that are coming up, it gets down to 30 and 40 below. Um, 
and it got really cold out on the trail. There were some tough things to get through, just like in any race. But the biggest obstacle, as usual, became myself and my own brain. And what happens next in the next recordings is that I start going through that obstacle almost more than even dealing with the physical obstacle of the Iditarod. Um, I was diagnosed with ADHD very recently, and that diagnosis opened this huge window for me on my whole life and allowed me to understand myself and the way that I work and the way that I sometimes can't work uh, in a way that was just profoundly different. But knowing that that's what I'm dealing with doesn't necessarily mean that I can uh, overcome some of the obstacles that come with that. And in some ways it can almost feel frustrating because I know that's what I'm dealing with and yet at the same time, I'm still not able to do what some people would consider like quote unquote normative. And one of the very biggest things that I was dealing with um, throughout the race was that during my checkpoints, I had a really bad time um, staying organized and being able to to get out of checkpoints on time to the point where it became the bane of my whole race. And I was doing a really good job at the beginning of the race at staying positive about that, even though I was struggling with that issue. But as more and more checkpoints went on and I continued to deal with this issue more and more, I got more and more down on myself. And the Iditarod became a journey through my own mental health in a lot of ways and in ways that I utterly forgot. So those few weeks ago when I wanted to inspire myself, I listened to all of the rest of the recordings I made. And it's, I think it's interesting. I hope you think it's interesting. I guess you must since you're still here listening. Um, it really becomes the second and third acts of this story in a way that I didn't expect. It kind of organically forms truly a story, but it's not the story that I ever fully thought it was going to be. Um, and in some ways I did. The Iditarod is always a mental game. Endurance activities are mental. That's a huge thing, and that's something I know. But knowing that doesn't necessarily make the mental part of it easy to deal with. Um, it's still there. I think that's true in mental health in general. You may know what you're dealing with and even how your brain works. And at the same time, that doesn't make the way your brain works just slide off to the side or become easy to get around or get through. Sometimes that just is how your brain works. And you not only have to deal with that, but also with the frustration of understanding how your brain works. It's uh, it's definitely a double-edged sword. Um, so I did a rod in the next recordings become more and more about that, that struggle for me. But what also happened when I listened to those recordings is that I slid into a really deep funk because I had just, I had just blocked it or forgotten it or just brushed it out of my mind. And I had gained 
after I did a rod, I gained this immense confidence and this, this feeling of pride in myself and this feeling of teamwork with myself that I have never experienced before and never imagined I could experience. I felt, I mean, I felt like I was finally okay in a way that I didn't think I would ever be okay um, on this, in this life. Um, but I was okay. And through most of the summer, I was in this really amazing space. I was, it's been hectic and hard and busy and it always is. And there's always things to deal with. But for myself, I felt centered. But listening back to being in those spaces of struggle threw me off. Like I had gotten hit and was like literally off center all of a sudden. And the way that if you hit a spinning object, it starts to spin out wider and wider until it loses all control. That's how I felt all of a sudden. And it didn't help that as I was experiencing this, this hit that threw me off of my own memories and my own, um, my own experience, the, my own retelling of my experience, it didn't help that that was coming right as fall was approaching and right as training was coming. And I, all of a sudden, all of that confidence I had just was gone completely. And I just fell into this huge funk. And it was even more difficult than it has been because I, I do this every year. I, I will hit this anxiety um, pit right before training season where all of those fears and all of the doubts just are on my back holding me down. But this was so much worse because I have accomplished it. I have gotten through this. And the utter shock of being hit by the same thing again, it floored me. And I, honestly, I'm in that space right now still. I'm really struggling. Um, it's the start of training season and I'm already having trouble just getting on the trail. It feels like an impossible task. Um, and I have so much fear of my own fear and of my own anxiety that I just won't even be able to get back onto the sled or onto the four-wheeler, back with the team. And I feel like I'm letting the team down because I'm the only thing holding them back. They're full of confidence. They they retained that confidence that they gained. You should see these dogs, they're different dogs. Emmy is, Emmy who is so shy and so reserved and so held back, it, she cavorts around the yard, she leaps into her harness, she's ready to go. And every single one of the dogs is like that. They know they finished Iditarod, they know they did this thing and they just want more. They don't have the, the, overwhelming tide of anxiety just coming down over them and but I do and I'm the one who has to let go of the brake to let them run to let them do what they love to do and I have all of this horrible just anxiety and fear and dread just clinging to me and like like a million weights and I'm trying to swim out of it and I'm so frustrated with myself that I still have this that this is still the dynamic that for this brief few months I had this centeredness and now I feel like I'm back where I began 
And at the same time, I did finish, I did a ride. I did accomplish this thing. I can do it. I have been over this metaphorical and literal trail before. I can do it. And I have to sit the sides of me down and remind us all that we have been here before and it has sucked before and we've gotten through it before and we can get through it before. We can do it again. It's going to be okay. It, it feels like so much right now, but it's going to be okay. Um, with all of that running around in my head, it has been really hard to go back to those recordings and put them out as podcasts. Um, not because I don't want to share, but literally because I've been so floored by these feelings that I have gotten to the point of not being able to get out of bed, um, on a daily basis. Like that is how leveled I have been. And so just the executive function of literally putting together, editing an episode, recording something like this, um, has been, it feels impossible. Um, but I'm doing it. I'm recording right now. I have no idea how this sounds. I really hope it sounds like something because um, I don't want to have to go through all of that again. Um, and I want to share that journey because even though it is difficult, it does have an ending. And the ending is happy and goofy and ridiculous. And it does have an epilogue or maybe even a sequel. Like, here we are. I mean, that's the thing about tough journeys. You, in the moment, you never feel like you can get through it. And when you look back at all of the journeys that you've done, you have gotten through them. That's why you're here. I don't know if I will be able to overcome the feelings I'm feeling right now, the deep anxiety, the the depression that comes with that, the feeling of not being able to be organized or motivated, the feeling that I can't complete anything. I feel as though I'm in a huge checkpoint, just like on Iditarod, and I can't get out in time. I can't organize my stuff. And I also, I really believe that I can I just don't know how yet. And the how always is just breathing and remembering that I have done this before. I have taken a step before and I can take a step again. And I will go through and listen and share the proof of that, including the hard parts. That's a huge part of my philosophy with Ateo. Uh, adventure, truth, accountability, and onward. And we can't just forget the parts that were hard 
as we glory in the success and in the victory because without those parts that were hard, what was it? There was no victory without that. They are part of the same coin. <sighs> and also it sucks. So the thing about mushing, maybe one of the reasons I like it so much is that it just is a metaphor. It's just this actualized metaphor for us and for life and for mental health. Um, it is just a way to see these struggles that all of us are going through in a, in a real manifested, painful, cold, struggling, phenomenally beautiful way. Um, people say, wow, it's amazing that you mush, but I don't think I'm doing anything different or more tough than anybody out there who is dealing with mental health, with any of the thousands and hundreds of thousands of, of issues that we all deal with every day the struggle just to be. And you're dealing with that right now. And it might be small or it might be huge and feel insurmountable. And you might be in that moment of confidence and victory or you might be in a really low spot. And maybe those feelings that you're feeling have lasted for years and feel like they're the only feelings that exist. And it's all part of this being sentient, being human, having to be aware of our existence. Anyway, I guess I'm saying I'm going to go onward. I hope you'll go onward with me. I hope you'll forgive me for the little pause we had to take. Sometimes we have to take a little break to gather, to lay down like a turtle on our back and feel like we can't do anything, to wallow. Sometimes you just have to take a break. And I think our bodies tell us, I think our selves, our souls, whatever's in there, I think it tells us when it's time to get going to the next run, metaphorical, otherwise. And the beautiful thing is that if we're lucky, we have a team. I have the dogs and I have you, whoever you are listening to this, our teammates. And if we're not ready, our teammates, they can be ready for us and there for us. Even if they can't tell us, sometimes they can't, but um, they are there. We are there for each other. I know that they're there. I know that you have a teammate because I'm your teammate. I mean, that's all we can do is be teammates for each other, right? And when you're not ready to go, I can be ready to go for you. That's onward. So, all right, we're gonna go onward.
I'm going to go onward. I hope you'll go onward with me. Look for a new episode coming up soon. Um, it's an exciting one, I think, anyway. Um, if you like existential crises and all of that jazz. Um, so we'll see you down the trail. Onward. <laughs>